Hello and welcome to Rooted by the River podcast, the official podcast of First Baptist Church, Savannah, Tennessee. My name is Braylon Lashley, and I'm the Associate Pastor of Worship and Youth here at First Baptist. This past weekend, we had our men's conference, which was a joint conference with Sharon Baptist. And our keynote speaker, Dr. Todd Brady, gave us three sessions on fighting the good fight and being the men of God that God has called us to be. We also invited Dr. Brady to come and to bring a message on Sunday morning entitled Godly Leadership from Exodus 18. Instead of having a conversive episode this week, we thought it beneficial to give you a a small sampling of what we learned and heard this past weekend. So this is Dr. Todd Brady talking about godly leadership from Exodus 18. Amen. If you have your Bibles, and I trust that you do, uh, turn to Exodus chapter 18. You'll find it on the, in the black Bible that is in front of you uh, on page 55. If you didn't bring a Bible, uh, I've come to Savannah today. I don't have anything good to say. This does. So my responsibility today is to say what this says. It's good to be uh, at First Baptist Savannah. You know, there is a blessing in the Old Testament that is repeated often. It's been repeated often for years uh, by followers of God, by Christians. Uh, We will say to one another, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. On this side of the cross, we realize that we are those who have been blessed by the Lord. Uh, We have had the Lord cause His face to shine upon us. We have been shown grace. Uh, And when I think about all of the paths that have crossed in this room, I think about God's grace to us. Uh, God was gracious a couple years ago in allowing my path, the path that the Lord had me on, to cross with you. My path crossed with with Andrew's path. The Lord is good to us uh, to allow us. One of the greatest blessings He gives us is friendships, relationships, and I'm thankful for the relationships with the good and godly people of First Baptist Church, uh, Savannah. It's good to be here. A couple of months ago, Andrew and Braylon, Braylon, if you keep practicing singing, you're going to be okay. Uh, just, just keep practicing. But they came down, and, and we, of course, had to eat to plan this men's conference. Uh, but we were talking, and uh, it was about a month or a little month, over a month ago, and, and Andrew said, uh, he said, well, Todd, do you need anything? And I said, well, I do. He looked at me kind of serious. He said, well, yeah, what do you need? I said, I need Vicki Powell to make me a pound cake. (laughs) I can go home now. It's been done. Yesterday, the men, we had such a great time Friday and Saturday, but yesterday there was a pound cake uh, in there on the dessert table, and somebody said, that may be your pound cake. I said, no, I want my very own. (laughs) But it's good to be here with you. 
it's good to see how the Lord is blessing, what the Lord is doing, uh, particularly among the men here at uh, First Baptist. We're going to be uh, looking at Ex- Exodus chapter 18. It's a story uh, in the Old Testament about a man named Moses and his father-in-law, Jethro. But let's be quick to admit that this story is not about Moses, and it's not about Jethro. It's about God. When you look at all of the Scripture, you see that the stories are not about those men and women and children that we can see. It's about what God is doing. Those people are just the protagonists in the story. God is the one, not Moses. God is the one who heard the cry of the Israelites in Egypt. God is the one who led them out of Egypt. God is the one who spoke to Moses in the burning bush. Uh, God is the one who uh, led the people through the wilderness. And God is the one who used, He just happened to use Moses uh, to lead the children out of Israel. So what I want us to do this morning is look at Exodus chapter 18. Uh, and I want us to think specifically about the subject of godly leadership. We talked a lot with the men this, mo- this weekend. We talked about how we can grow as Christian men, how we can be uh, the man that God has called us to. Leadership is not something that is just for men. It's, it's all of us, men and women. Uh, so maybe it very well be that the, that the Holy Spirit of God will take His Word and penetrate us, speak to us about how we can be more godly leaders for Him. Exodus chapter 18, verse 1. Hear the word of God. It says, Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel, his people, how the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. Now Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, had taken Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he had sent her home along with her two sons. And the name of the one was Gershom, for he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. And the name of the other was Eliezer, for he said, The God of my father was my help and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. Verse 5. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife to Moses in the wilderness where he was encamped at the mountain of God. And when he sent word to Moses, I, your father-in-law, Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and her two sons with her. Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and bowed down and kissed him. And they asked each other, of their welfare, and went into the tent. Then Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake, all the hardship that had come upon them in the way and how the Lord had delivered them. Jethro rejoiced for all the good that the Lord had done to Israel in that he had delivered them out of the hand of the Egyptians. This passage of Scripture tells the story of the Israelites in the wilderness. They had been in Egypt as slaves. 
They were delivered out of the wilderness. They're on their way to the promised land. And this particular chapter tells the story of when Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought back Moses' wife and his two children. Now, you know, sometimes dads, moms and the kids leave. They go away, maybe for the weekend. I remember when I lived in Kentucky, we had... Do you remember in 2009, the ice storm? It was really bad in Kentucky. I mean, our electricity went out, the heat went out, cell phone coverage went out. And uh, Amy saw... I had a funeral the next day, and Amy saw the weather forecast. She said, I'm out of here. And you know where she went? She went to her mama's house. That's what wives do. And she took the kids with her. So I took my bed mattress down by the gas logs, and I was there until they went out. And um, we don't know exactly why Zipporah and the two kids, Gershom and Eliezer, we don't know why they went away. Maybe Moses was fighting a battle, and he didn't want them to be around. Maybe they were just going to visit the grandparents. We don't know. But Jethro came back to where Moses was, and he brought Zipporah, his wife, and the two kids uh, to them. And what we're able to do as we overhear this story, as we listen to Jethro talking to Moses, I think there are several principles. I want to mention four principles about godly leadership. Jethro gives uh, Moses some advice. And the first thing that we see is that godly leadership is ultimately about what God does. Godly leadership is ultimately about what God does. Now there's a difference between regular leadership and godly leadership. Regular leadership focuses on what the person does, what the leader does. But godly leadership focuses not on what that person does. Godly leadership focuses on what God does. Now, does the godly leader have a place in that? Yes. But he understands that ultimately he himself is not the leader, but God is the leader, and that earthly leader is following the lead of God. I find it very interesting that Jethro, when he talked to Moses, noticed that all that was happening was not happening because Moses was making it happen. Jethro recognized not what Moses was doing. Jethro recognized what God was doing. Uh, Look at verse 8. Let's go back to the text. Exodus chapter 18, look at verse 8. Then Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done. He didn't start talking to his father-in-law about all that he had done. He started talking to his father-in-law about all that the Lord had done for Israel's sake, all the hardship that came upon the way, and how the Lord had delivered them. This is Moses witnessing to his father-in-law saying, this is what the Lord has done Skip down to verse 9. And Jethro rejoiced for all the good that the Lord had done in Israel in that he had delivered them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Moses didn't say, oh, look at what I've done. And Jethro didn't say back home, well, let me tell you about my son-in-law and all that he is doing. 
Jethro realized it wasn't about what his son-in-law was doing. Jethro realized it was about what God was doing. And he marveled at what God was doing. Look at verse 10. Jethro said, blessed be the Lord. He didn't say blessed be Moses. He said, blessed be the Lord who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh and has delivered the people from the, un- from out from under the hand of the Egyptians. Verse 11. Now I know that you have great leadership skills. No, that's not what he said. Verse 11, he said, now I know that the Lord is greater than all the gods because in this affair they dealt arrogantly with the people. Verse 12. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and sacrifices To whom? God. Jethro did not bring a burnt offering and sacrifices to Moses. It wasn't about Moses. It wasn't about what Moses did. Jethro realized, the father-in-law realized, this was all about God. See, godly leadership is not about what we do for God. Godly leadership is about what God uses us to do. There's a difference. Ministry is not about us doing anything for God. Ministry is about God doing His work through us. When it comes to what God is doing, we need to realize it's not about us. God can do what He does without us, but He chooses to work with us. Do you remember in Exodus chapter 3 when God called Moses the burning bush? In fact, hold your place and turn to Exodus chapter 3. Moses was at the bottom of Mount Horeb. He was just walking around. He was tending his father-in-law's sheep. And it says in, well, let's start in verse 1. Now, Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro. He was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, a priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight while the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush. Who spoke first? Moses or God? God spoke first. And then he said, don't come near, take off your sandals, for the place on which you're standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Look at verse 7. Now, this is the Lord's. The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their suffering, their taskmasters. I know their sufferings. Now, look at verse 8. And I have come down to deliver them. God said, let's, let's, let's make sure, let's make this, let's get this clear. You're not delivering. I am. I'm just calling you. I'm just letting you be a part of what I am doing. Now in the scripture it talks about Moses leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. It also talks about God. But God had in his plan, from the very beginning, God planned to bring them out. And it just so happened that God uses people to do his work. 
The godly leader is the person who realizes that God is the one who is ultimately leading. The leader does not know how to lead unless he first knows how to follow. And the godly leader follows the leadership of God. Our righteousness is not good. Anything we bring to the table, in fact, God would say in Isaiah that we've all become like one who is unclean. He would talk about people. We've all become like one who is unclean. All of our righteous deeds are like what? Filthy rags. God wasn't sitting up in heaven one day and said, you know what? Moses, what an incredible leader. Moses, he's awesome. I think I'm going to depend on him. It's not the way it works. God said, I'm going to do this. Why did God choose Moses? Because God chose Moses, that's why. Why does God let you do what you do? Because God lets you do what you do. Why does God let me do what I do? Because God lets me do what I do. If it all hinged on my abilities or my goodness or my righteousness, I would be disqualified and so would you. But a godly leader is someone who realizes that it's ultimately about what God is doing. Secondly, godly leadership shares the load with other godly people. Godly leadership shares the load with other godly people. Look at verse 13. Verse 13. The next day, we're in Exodus 18, verse 13. The next day, Moses sat to judge the people. And the people stood around Moses from morning until evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, what is it that you're doing for the people? Why do you sit alone and all of the people stand around you from morning until evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to inquire, come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, they come to me and I make them know the statutes of God and his laws. Moses' father-in-law said to him, What you are doing is not good. Don't you love it when your father-in-law says that to you? What you are doing is not good. (laughs) You and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out, for the thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it. Now, obey my voice. Don't you love it when your father-in-law says that to you? I will give you advice and God will be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God. And you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. Moreover, look for able men from all of the people. Men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe, and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands and hundreds of fifties and tens, and let them judge the people at all times. Every great matter they shall bring to you, but any small matter they shall decide for themselves. So it will be easier for you, and it will be, it will bear the bur- and they will bear the burden for you. So here's what was happening. 
out of all of these thousands of people, if there was ever an issue, people have issues, right? We have issues. If there was ever something going on and, 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 and they needed a judge. Now, don't picture a judge in a robe, you know, who's deciding case, but picture someone who, who gives advice. That's what Moses is doing. He's discerning. And what was happening, Jethro saw this, all of the people were coming to Moses. Moses was the answer man, if you will. They were all coming to him. Well, I don't know. We need to, we need to, get, we need to see Moses about this. And Jethro said, hey, listen, you're going to wear yourself out. If you keep doing this, if you are, you're not going to be able to lead the people onto the promised land if all you're focused on is deciding issues of people. If they come to you, it's going to wear you out. You're going to burn out. Jethro said, why don't you do this? Choose some men among you, men that are respectable, men uh, that hate bribe, good men. And set the camp up, divide, but this is called a division of labor. Okay. Just divide things up. And 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 those men that you choose, let them handle the small. And if let them handle the issues and the small issues. And if there's a really big issue, if there's something that they really want your thoughts on, they can then bring it to you. I believe that Exodus 18 is a foreshadowing of what we would read in Acts chapter 6 about deacons. In fact, turn to Exodus, hold your place, turn to Exodus chapter 6. In Exodus chapter 6, there was this issue, churches have issues, right? Okay. There was this issue in Acts chapter 6. They had a program kind of like, uh, we would call it Meals on Wheels, and the widows in the church were receiving food. And there, there were two types of widows in the church. There were the Hebraic widows and there were the Hellenist widows. There were Hebrew women and there were Greek women. And uh, there arose a discrepancy because one group of the women were not getting their food. So you know what they did? They got on the phone and said, I haven't gotten my food today from the church. And they got on Facebook and they started posting. I hope that the other women are enjoying their food. Well, look at what happened. Look at Acts chapter 6. It says, Now in those days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. Those, they're, they're, they're focusing on those women. They need to be on us. And the twelve, the pastors of the church, the twelve summoned the full number of disciples. They, they pulled everybody together. And they said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the Word of God to serve tables. Now they were not saying that preaching the Word of God was more important than serving tables. They were just saying, God's called us to preach the Word. We can't do both. And we don't want to give this up in order to do that. Therefore, verse 3, brothers, he's talking about the, to the whole church, Pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this dude. That's what y'all are doing with this table over here. Deacon nomination, right? How long has that been going on, Andrew? A while. Okay, it's been going on a week. Okay, Y'all are being biblical. 
you're nominating from the full number of disciples men of good repute, full of the Spirit and wisdom. Okay? Verse 4, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the Word. That's what the pastors are going to do. They're going to focus on prayer and the ministry of the Word. The people that you choose are going to focus on meeting the needs of the church. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles. They prayed and laid hands on them, and the word of God continued to increase, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. You see, godly leadership shares the load with godly people. Godly leadership shares the load with other godly people. It's a common thread among that you'll read sometimes about pastors and ministers. Maybe that they're burnt out. They get out of the ministry. I think it sometimes that can flow from the understanding that the lack of understanding that this is God's work and I'm a part of it. But you know when we burn out? We burn out when too much of the load is on us. When we feel like we're carrying the load alone. The church is not a one-man show. The church of Jesus Christ is a church where that is made up of pastors, deacons, and members. That's, those are the three types of... And when, when those people are working together, let's say that word together. One, two, three, go, together. Say it again. There we go. When we're working together... Now, now we're human beings, so there are going to be issues, right? There are going to be problems... I know some of y'all, they're going to be problems. But the church works together. Moses was not the answer man. Andrew is not the answer man. We all work together in doing that. Godly leadership shares the load with other godly people. Number three, the third principle I would say is this. Godly leadership listens to wise counsel. Godly leadership listens to wise counsel. Notice how this story is some... Go back to Exodus chapter 18. Exodus chapter 18. I lost my place. Jerry, it's in the Old Testament, so... I say that because this week I lost my place. Yesterday I lost my place and couldn't find it. And Jerry said, I was preaching about the Old Testament. He said, it's in the Old Testament. Thank you, Jerry, for your help. Look at how this story is summed up Beginning in verse 24. Look at the third word. So Moses did what? He hearkened. He listened. That's what leadership does, first and foremost. It listens. Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads over the people, chiefs of thousands and hundreds of fifties, 
and of tens, and they judged the people at all times. Any hard case they brought to Moses, but any small matter they decided to themselves. Now what if Moses had taken Jethro's comment personally? Do you not think I'm doing a good job, lady? Why, why are you wanting to set up all this? They're coming to me. They like me. What if, what if Moses had not listened to his... Have you ever known somebody who doesn't listen? I mean, not in here, but out there. Yes! People who just don't listen. The first step of godly leadership is to listen. God has given us His Word. We listen to Him. And then we act. We talked a lot about hearing and doing this weekend. We do both. We hear and we do. But hearing comes first. We understand that faith, it comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of Christ. Moses did not take things personally. He listened to God. Proverbs says, Whoever listens to me will dwell secure and be at ease without the dread of disaster. It says in chapter 12, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs 15 says, Whoever ignores instruction despises himself, but he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. We need to listen to one another. There is no silver bullet. Nope, none of us has it. But God, not only has God called us to Himself, God has called us to That's one of the blessings of the Christian life. We've been called to God, but we've been called to one another. We are family. Now, yeah, I know sometimes they're crazy uncles, you know, but we're family. Sometimes we disagree, but guess what? We, we work together and we listen to each other. There's wisdom in an abundance of counselors, Right? The thing I don't want to do is I don't want to say, oh, I think this is a good idea and move forward. I want to say, I want to, maybe this is a good idea. I'm going to go talk to a godly brother about it. That's what the world needs to see the church doing. The church is all of the people. So number four, the, the fourth, the last principle, godly leadership results in satisfied followers. Godly leadership, it results in satisfied followers. Look at verse 23. Jethro, speaking to Moses, said, If you do this, the advice he gave, If you do this, God will direct you. You will be able to endure, and all of the people also will go to their place in peace. When the godly leader does as he or she should do, it results in followers who go to their house. In, they go to their houses in peace. 
What does that mean, go to their house in peace? It means they're satisfied. They don't go to their house with controversy. They don't go to their house all tied up. They're at peace. Now, there's a difference between peaceful circumstances and peaceful people, right? We as Christians are peaceful people. We're at peace. We may go through things that are not peaceful. But godly leadership, it produces followers who are at peace. Does that mean that we will never have challenges or issues? No. I think about the story when Moses was on top of the mountain and he left the followers down at the bottom. You remember this? And they decided, they started looking around, and they decided that they wanted to be like all of the other nations. So they, they said, everybody take all of your jewelry and let's put it together and melt it down. And you know what they made? These are the people that followed God in the wilderness. They made an idol. And Moses came down the mountain and he saw that calf that they had built. He got so mad. God believe leaders get mad. He got so mad he threw the, the, the uh, tablets down and 3,000 people were killed. That'll make a headline. Okay, so there, there are going to be issues. There are going to be times when we have difficulties and we work things out. But we realize that godly leadership results in satisfied followers. God works all things together for good for those who love the Lord and who are called according to His purpose. Now, like I said, Exodus 18, it's not about Moses and it's not about Jethro. It's about God. And while we may talk about leadership in Exodus 18, as New Testament Christians, we realize when we read the Scriptures that another and a better leader is coming. Not just a good leader, a perfect leader. God would send a leader, Jesus Christ, to the earth and He would lead His people out of sin in the same way that God used Moses to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. God would lead Jesus, God would send Jesus to lead us out of sin and whoever places their trust in what Jesus has done, they are saved. They're right with God. God takes our sin... And he pulls it from us. He separates it as far as the east is from the west. And God gives us the righteousness of Christ. Aren't you thankful that we live in the New Testament? And that we're not saved by Moses. We're not saved by Jethro. And we're not saved by organizational structure. We're saved by Jesus. Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. Let's pray together. Father, thank You so much for Your Word showing us the way that You were at work in the life of the Israelites, Moses, Jethro, 
And Lord, we want to be godly men and women. We want to be godly leaders in this community, in our families, in this church. We want to be godly leaders, not so that focus is on us as the leader, but so that focus is on you who is at work in us. It says in your word that you are at work in us to will and to act according to your good pleasure. So, Father, we pray that we might lead in such a way that people like Jethro see that it's not about us, it's about you, it's about what you are doing. Lord, I thank you for the people of First Baptist Church. I thank you for the way that you have led them to reach this community, to lead out in this community, to be a, a to be salt and light, to be a shining light in this community. And I pray, Lord, that you would continue using them. I pray that the followers here would regularly go home in peace. I pray for Andrew and Braylon, and I pray for the deacons. I pray for those all who are serving this church, for the members of this church, that they would seek you above all things and that this church would bring honor to you. And I pray, O oh God, that if there is one among us today who's never placed their faith and trust in Christ, help them realize that it's about trusting in what Jesus has done for them. Not in their own abilities, not in structures, not in doing anything, but in trusting in what Jesus has done for them, dying on the cross for them. Thank you for the opportunity we have to look at your word today. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. What a great message from Dr. Todd Brady, very timely in the life of the church for what godly leadership should look like and what myself personally as a pastor need to reflect on, that it is not my church, it's not Andrew's church, it's not any other pastor, any other deacon, any other elder's church, it's God's church, and we are privileged to be a part of His church and a part of His work, not because it is our work and us doing the work, but Him doing the work through us. For more information about First Baptist, visit our website at fbcsavannah.com. Make sure that you will like, uh, share, subscribe this episode and other episodes. Review, make sure we know what we're doing well, what we're not doing so hot, what we need to work on. This has been a great time to reflect on the men's conference, but also I want to make you aware of some things coming up uh, next week. We will have Dr. Clay Hallmark on to discuss his new book, uh, The Heart of Church Revitalization. We are privileged and honored to have him on the podcast, and we think that church revitalization is a necessary topic for discussion. So make sure you tune in next week. And as Clay's dad says, don't cheat yourself out of a blessing by not tuning in. The Lord is blessing tremendously here at First Baptist, and we invite you to be a part of what he is doing here through us for his glory and our good. This has been Rooted by the River Podcast. We will see you next time.